0: Log Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, Fantasy Football Mastermind Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the fantasy football mastermind edge, Michael Nazareth.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 17th. It is week seven of the NFL season, almost midway points. Probably close to the midway point of your uh, regular NFL fantasy season. My name is Michael and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge Podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris?
2: Very well, sir. Very well. We're in the middle of some home repairs, so I'm sitting here in what used to, instead of being what used to be my office, in what's now an empty living room. It's just kind of weird sitting here in this cavernous hall compared to what I'm. That's the little niche I'm used to being in. But, uh, yeah, week seven, looking forward to it. It's our first really big bye week, so a lot, lot of uh, interesting plays. You've got to start looking at guys deeper on your bench this week and off the waiver wire.
1: That's right. As a reminder, we have six teams off this week, Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and Tennessee Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry off this week. So if you've got these guys, sit them. Otherwise, you'll get a zero. Lots of uh, – Lots of uh, scrambling on the waiver wire, especially with the big injuries that we're just going to talk about. Uh, let's uh, kick it off with the quarterbacks. Um, Justin Fields, some injury, doubtful to play this week. Quarterback Tyson Badgett, okay, fantasy worthy. What's your opinion, Chris? Uh,
2: God, no. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Justin Fields' value is that he, he possesses that potent- explosive potential with his legs such that it frees things up. I just don't see this Division two undrafted rookie being able to do that. In fact, I'm really shocked that he, he's earned the number two role. I mean, he earned it. He, he absolutely earned it. He outplayed Nathan Peterman. But let's be honest, you or I could outplay Nathan Peterman based on what he's done <clears> in <throat> his NFL career. The mere fact they're considering starting Nathan Peterman instead of agent tells me an awful lot about the fact that this is going to be a, 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 probably a disaster under center this week especially considering the opponent uh might has, has a decent enough defense to, to be interesting
1: so dj e. moore in your opinion what does he slide to be a risky wr3 what do you think
2: no i mean he's he, he's literally all they have i mean they've they're, they're 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 down to their third running back at least their second running back and that guy's a rookie if he comes back so i i mean and that is all they have he's probably he could get peppered with targets, the best thing he could do is get the ball out of his hand and get it to D.J. Moore, who's obviously been great at run after catch. So I actually don't think he probably retains some of his value. He's not going to have the big play over the top potential probably that, that he had before, uh, but I think in a PPR, he might still retain his value by maybe getting a few more of those underneath catches, little bubble screens and stuff to try to get the ball into the hands of the only playmaker the Bears have left.
1: I was uh just uh, coming up with the initial rankings for this week and I've got DJ Moore at 18 right now and that's a shaky 18 but um anyway, let's move on over to the big injury of the year because and I say that of the year because CMC anytime he gets injured all his fantasy owners tend to panic and myself included. An oblique injury. Was it oblique? Was it the midsection? Is it the ribs? Well, they did a MRI and some other scans and such, and they said it didn't look like it's uh, that bad of an injury. No uh, fractured ribs or anything like that. And it's actually a uh, possibility that he could play. The problem is he plays on Monday night, so you're not going to know until Monday possibly uh, whether he's going to play or if it's going to be a combination of Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. So fantasy impact there, Chris, uh if you got CMC, you you grab Mitchell or Mason or what is it? What, what do you what do you think? What who's the best play there?
2: Well, if if they're both available on your waiver wire and there's, I mean, Mason is on most leagues. Mitchell has been carried a lot of the year because he was the presumed backup, and I believe he is the, he is going to be the backup should CMC be down. Shanahan has shown an unnatural uh, allegiance to to Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he, he acknowledges he's had a significant health issues, but to be fair, when Mitchell's played, he's been pretty dang good. So um, I think Mitchell's the guy you want. If you go back and look at their snap shares and such, um, even, even up until last week when Mitchell was finally healthy again, um, when they were both healthy early in the year, it was like, like week one was like 28-4 to four in favor of Elijah Mitchell. So I think he's the guy that Shanahan's going to lean on if he needs to. Now, like you said, McCaffrey might still play this week. I think this is going to be really important for McCaffrey owners to know. If for any reason he's he doesn't play this week, I see very little chance he plays next week because they have that buy in week nine. And this mm-hmm. the 49ers are obviously in it for the long haul. They're looking for the postseason, the end of the season. If he doesn't play week seven, I will be shocked if he plays week eight. So you definitely need to have more of a longer-term plan. It's not just a one-week thing he's going to be right back in the lineup. Not with that bye week looming.
1: Okay, I agree too. I, I would uh... – try for Mitchell over Mason uh, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know, if CMC does play in this game, you might see all three play, uh, get some touches in the game. It would be a mess for fantasy owners, but and it's for, especially on Monday night. Let's move on over to the Los Angeles Rams that have all kinds of problems with their running game. Kyron Williams, uh, ankle injury. Doesn't look like it's a long-term injury, but he's out for this week. And then uh, backup Ronnie Rivers uh, was kind of a surprise, a solid backup player. and uh, He really um, he, he injured his knee, and he's going to be out for uh, four to five weeks there, so um, looks like it's going to be rookie Zach Evans and Royce Freeman. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what is your opinion
2: on the Rams running game uh, this week, Chris? I think it is going to be, like you said, Zach Evans followed by Royce Freeman. I mean, they, they brought Freeman up, uh, and they're, they're, he's going to be active. He will serve as a number two. It will be a little bit of a split because Freeman does have that veteran knowledge uh, that, that's a little more trustworthy than Zach Evans. He's got more more experience in the league. The thing that this is going to do, if you ask me, is that they've already been shifting towards a more and more pass-centric approach with their reliance on Matt Stafford, his veteran presence, and obviously the return of Cooper Cup, giving them quite a stable of receivers. I think this is just going to continue to push them off to the end. Yeah, Zach Evans is going to start. Is he going to be Kyron Williams? I don't think there's any chance in hell that he's going to be, you know, put up Kyron Williams numbers. (laughs) Um, But I, I think what it's going to do is it's probably going to add about five to seven more pass attempts onto Matt Stafford total for the game, which obviously helps him, helps guys like Puka, helps guys like, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, who are already in your starting lineup. What it, what it probably also does, now it makes Tyler Higby maybe, uh, he was already probably a low-end number one, and he's probably going to move up a little bit more into that mid-range number one in what's a low year for, for, for tight ends. But in a, in a PPR, I think he's going to probably just get a handful more looks that he might otherwise get.
1: What about Tutu Atwell? Do you think he's got any value this week?
2: I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to go three wide a lot. Um, like, I mean, they, they really have, and obviously Puka and, and uh, Cooper Cup have absorbed the vast majority of, of the targets with, again, with another five to seven, maybe 10 passing attempts this week as compared to a, a, an average week. Uh, obviously Atwell's possibly going to become uh, back in play, especially again in a big bye week when you're, you may be short on body. He's a worthy risk play, a flex play. Uh, uh, in in a week, week you probably need
1: one. Yeah, I'm, I was just looking at the stats here, and uh, last last week uh, Matthew Stafford only threw the ball 24 times, completed 15 of them, and of course nine of them went to copy. He caught seven of them, and and uh, Puka had his uh, worst game of the season. Of course, he uh, dropped a, a touchdown. Uh, but he had four uh, four catches on seven targets, and Atwell caught his one lone uh, pass for 30 yards. So yeah, if he he <laughs> just get uh, two or three uh, looks like that, uh, he's been productive there. Um, you know, the other there's also somebody else that they signed. I, I guess maybe is a number three, Miles Gaskin. They signed off the practice squad, I believe, of the Vikings. So and they had to sign him to the to the roster. Um, and they also uh, signed, uh, re-signed Daryl Henderson, who's going to be on the practice squad. So I, I guess that's probably your order: uh, one, and one Evans, two Freeman, three uh, Gaskin, four uh, Henderson. So it's going to be an interesting week for the Rams. I would say, yeah, they're going to be throwing a lot, of, especially it's, it's against Pittsburgh, very, uh, very uh, hot defense right now. So the, he's going to have to throw a lot and get the ball out of his hands. All right, uh, there was a surprise signing. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN made a big deal about breaking news. Uh, Julio Jones has come out of retirement. I'm sorry, out of retirement. <laughs> not, not officially retired, but now he's signing a one-year deal with the Eagles. They just put Quez Watkins on IR uh, injured. So uh, what is your uh, immediate thoughts on Julio Jones' uh, prospects as an Eagle?
2: Uh, huge impact from an NFL perspective. This is a veteran presence, a guy that has been – that AJ Brown lobbied to get in Tennessee when he was there. It's the guy that has been with a teammate of Zacchaeus when he was in Atlanta. These are guys that love and respect this, and, and the veteran presence on what is still a very young but very talented receiving crew. It's immense. I think it's going to do, do wonders for that for that team uh, from an NFL sense. Is there going to be a fantasy prospect? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Not unless you know there's a, there's a long-term injury to to AJ Brown or Devonta Smith. What this will do if there is an injury to one of those two guys is that he's going to, I think, eventually step in, not this week, but eventually step into that number three role and into that starting lineup if something happens to one of the other two. He is good enough and respected enough that he will draw attention and keep the other guy from getting flat-out doubled or tripled all the time, whereas a guy like Zacchaeus, while he's talented, is nothing near the the reputation of a Jones. He's not going to draw that kind of attention. So that's just going to keep them viable, and it's going to keep – whichever guy is healthy, viable amongst those two, if if the other one should go down amongst the two stars that they have in Philadelphia. Great impact from an NFL perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that's the key thing. Actually, they need to keep Julio Jones healthy. Maybe restrict his practicing, make him limited every every day because he can't get uh, through a full week of practice without hurting his knee or hamstring or leg or calf or, or something. He almost seems to get injured. That's the problem. When, he, when he's when he been able to play and he's healthy, he's actually been fairly productive. But you have to go all the way back to 2019 to see the last time he caught for 800-plus yards as, in a season in the NFL. So uh, it's probably his last wow. Rob, but, yeah. We will, we well, will see what but happens. In 2020,
2: but in 2020, he only played a half a year because of injury, and he was still one of the NFL's leading receivers. So his overall totals weren't good, but he only played about nine or ten games that year, so uh, his last year in Atlanta. So I, I think he's still got it. Like you said, he's looked good in bursts in, in Tampa. Uh, he, was un- he was underused and miscast in, in Tennessee, just underused behind a very deep, crew with, with Godwin and all those guys in Tampa. He's, again, the backup behind the deep receivers crew, but he's got enough talent to still be viable, even at the age of 34, I believe. He had five carries averaging like ten nine ten yards a carry last year in limited time with Tampa, so he could still fit right in and still be a, a viable athlete there.
1: Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see if he gets any kind of uh, attention or targets uh, as an eagle. All right, let's get to the injury uh, here let's, uh, real quick. Uh, Josh Allen with a shoulder. Uh, says he's fine. We'll see if he practices. Of course, we're doing the show on Tuesday night, so by tomorrow we'll see if it becomes an issue or not. Speaking of issues uh, for, for the immediate uh, uh, time here is uh, Trevor Lawrence with that knee. Now, he practiced on a limited basis on Tuesday after sitting on Monday. He's got a knee brace on. He says he'll likely play. The backup, C.G. Beathard, said he expects Trevor Lawrence to play. Um, We'll see. I think he probably does have a good shot to play here. Deshaun Watson totally up in the air with that shoulder injury. Who knows when he's going to come back. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, they say here in Las Vegas, he dodged a bullet with his back injury. It's not too serious. But he's very, very iffy to play. We'll see if he can actually practice later this week. David McGovern with a shoulder injury for Detroit. i probably expect him to miss a game. Is this out a little bit, whatever that means. We'll see if he practices at all later this week. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, of course, with a hamstring. Uh, we'll see if he practices. If not, Craig Reynolds is a waiver wire target for fantasy owners there. Roshon Johnson with a concussion. If he can pass protocol, then he'll play. Probably start uh if not uh then they have other issues there uh in uh in Chicago uh, Jeff Wilson uh, down in Miami with the ribs and finger. Fairly close to being activated off IR last week, so he could come off it this week and, and back up Raheem Mostert. We'll see. Chris Olave with the toe limited on Tuesday practice. Looks like he's probably going to play on Thursday. Debo Samuels day-to-day with a shoulder injury. They need him badly on Monday night. He's got an extra day to heal there. Deontay Johnson has said last week coming off off IR that, uh, with his hamstring injury. He's, uh, he's going to play. So that's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that team. Has not played since week one, and this is week seven. Zay Jones with a knee sat on Tuesday. I wouldn't expect him to play. Pat Frymuth said he's going to play. He's coming off a hamstring injury. Had a bye week there to relax and and heal. And uh, Juwan Johnson, that calf injury, must be a very serious calf injury compared to the one Sam Laporta did. Uh, had late last week where he played. Uh, Juwan's probably going to sit out another week. He sat practice today. And we'll be right back after this important message.
0: You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of Fantasy Football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing.
1: All right, everybody, check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff on there, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, all the news from the NFL updated on a daily basis right there. And of course, we're still uh, pumping out the free eye in the sky scanning reports, including those uh, on the Colts from Chris Rito. Of course, we're still producing our weekly newsletters with daily releases, expanded picks to click and flick the market, uh, featuring an uh, updated drop list. Those are players you, uh, that we recommend you go ahead and just outright drop like Daniel Jones, of course. Uh, there's about 20 names on the list. Um, of course, the uh, rankings for the week come out on Wednesday. Uh, we update our fourth one injury report every day uh, and our flex rankings, of course, and then, of course, we update the rankings on Saturday and such. The weekly season newsletters the rest of the season uh, is only 19.95. for so the price of a large pizza. You can try us out, folks. Try us at ffmastermind.com and follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, here's the picks to click and flick for week seven. Um, these are guys you want to consider Starting or sitting, uh, depending on certain situations, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why.
2: Okay, a couple of guys where I want to point out that well, you've got to look at the key stats. That's, you've got to do that, but you've got to look beyond the simple overall numbers. The first one is Jared Goff. Okay, he's playing the Ravens. They've allowed the second-fewest quarterback points so far. But they've played three backups, a rookie in his first start, and Kenny Pickett without two of his best weapons. They just simply have not been tested. You may remember last week I also talked about the team coming back from England without a bye week, have allowed five points per game more to quarterbacks than they have the rest of the year over the last 10 years. So, got to remember, Baltimore's coming back from England. Jared Goff, meanwhile, has posted overall QB seven numbers, and the last two weeks he's been the QB one despite playing with huge leads in both games, so no game script to help him there. His running back crew is down at least one, if not both of its top options, and it's caused him to go all air all the time, much like we talked about the Rams earlier. I think the Ravens allowed among the highest volume and yardage totals in the passing game last year. So that might be a little more indicative of of the overall skill of this secondary. I think they're also going to put pressure on a team to score. This has the potential to be a really exciting shootout in this game. So I would not worry about Jared Goff with this matchup. And I like Derek Carr. Um, He has very pedestrian numbers so far, but he has faced six defenses all in the top half of the league in pass defense. He's the only guy in the league to do so so far. Well, the team has, he obviously missed a game. Uh, He was injured early, and he played through it for several weeks. He was hampered by no running game, but he had over 300 yards healthy in the opener and again last week while fully recovered. So I think the Jags have been amongst the most generous so far this year. they played more than a few subpar passing offenses that have lit them up even. So they've allowed 690 yards passing the last two weeks. So I think a healthy car with his outside speedy weapons should have a really solid stat day.
1: Okay, a couple of uh, quarterbacks that I like this week. Geno Smith, Seattle. Uh, yeah, they're playing the Cardinals this week, so I think he's a... Uh pretty much a lock uh, throw, multiple TDs in this game. Maybe Jackson Smith-Najima gets his first score this week. Anyway, if you've got Geno Smith and you want to start him, go ahead. He's going to produce for you. Uh, I think Brock Purdy's going to rebound off this uh, crap game <laughs> I know it was against uh, Cleveland because, boy, they got a really good defense there. I know that uh, Samuel missed a lot of the game and, of course, uh, CMC left in the third quarter, but they're playing the Vikings this week on Monday night. I think Shanahan's going to uh, game plan a, a good rebound game for Purdy, so if you if you need him uh, during this bye week, I I would start him and not worry about it. A couple of guys I'm uh, staying away from this week: uh, Mac Jones. Uh, <laughs> everybody. Worst quarterback in the league, right? Pretty much. I don't know. He's still starting, and they're playing the Bills this week. Oh, it could be really ugly. So I don't even think about it. And then the other guy that's got me worried this week is Trevor Lawrence because he's got that knee injury. He's gonna be. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna play with the knee brace or not. But they're playing the Saints. That's a solid defense. I don't think his breakout game is gonna come against that team. In fact, I think that uh, it's probably gonna be on a lower end in scoring. And also, when they get around the red zone, there it's Travis Etienne that's getting all the scores, and that's what's hurting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's been averaging around 18 to 20 points, and that's not good enough for fantasy at, at quarterback position. Uh, how about you, Chris, a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy
2: about and why? Well, Gardner Minshew saved a lot of people when Richardson went down, but he dinked and dunked his way to a decent fantasy game last week, even with the interception. But the task this week goes from the second-worst pass defense and a negative game script to the best pass defense and probably a closer game script. I think it's going to be a closer game. He should not be able to have a lot of success and likely will not be asked to drop back 60 times again this week either. So in a big bye week and with a lot of quarterback injuries, you may not have a lot of choice, but I think this lines up for a much lesser statistical game uh, this week. And then my caution play of the week is Kirk Cousins. Um, he did not look good last week without Justin Jefferson. And this was against the past defense that has been far and away the most generous for fantasy in the NFL. It's clear he misses that security blanket and that explosive, explosive option. In fact, he really hasn't done well the last three weeks. He's quarterback 22 in the last three weeks, which is the Bryce young Zach Wilson range, <laughs> and his schedule is about to get much harder. Now you insert that angry 49ers pass defense for the other he and you can see why this guy is really going to struggle this week. I won't even go into the prime time argument for Kirk Cousins. That's well documented.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, it sure is. All right, how about running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why?
2: I love Aaron Jones this week. He was back at practice, fully participated for what the media could watch. Uh, it's, It's my assumption they pulled him from week five rather than put him in on a pitch count because of the week six bye coming up. He's going to be full go this week. I think he'll get to test that hamstring a lot because the only part of an NFL run game that has struggled more than his replacement, A.J. Dillon, is the Broncos front seven stopping the run. They've allowed... Five twenty-point games to running back so far, and would have had a sixth last week, but for a few inches, the guy got stopped at the goal line. So they allowed nearly forty PPR points per game to running backs, and they've allowed the most rushing yards, just a tick under the most rush attempt, and the most running back receptions as well. Likely top ten scoring day for Aaron Jones, and then I kind of like Zach Moss this week uh, as a flex play. While carrying the feature back touches earlier this year, we are all surprised at his passing game numbers, and when JT came back last week. He ramped them up even more. He had seven targets and six catches, another top 10 RB1 PPR finish like he's done four to five times. We knew he wouldn't go away, and he seemed to have found a niche as a third down back as well as the change of pace. So even if he goes totally to a backup role as a runner, I think his passing game opportunities should remain high, especially with that short game, Minshew under center, and the need to get the ball out of his hands due to the pass rush. I think he's still a solid PPR play this week.
1: Okay. A couple of running mats I like this week. Well, what's not to like with Kenneth Walker? And guess what? They're playing the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I've already talked about seeing and Gianna Smith, but Kenneth Walker's going to run all over him. These RB1 for the week overall for me. Uh, and uh, Another guy I like this week, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Chiefs. I think he's going to roll up fantasy points on the Chargers. Uh, so if you got him, uh, start him with confidence. I think he's going to produce. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week: Najee Harris, Pittsburgh. Uh, timeshare plus Ram solid defense equal fantasy bench. If you if you've deep enough, <laughs> otherwise you're going to have to start him. Cross your fingers and hope and pray. And, of course, uh, Rashard White down in Tampa, uh, well, he's been the four-course back, but he hasn't been done much with it. He's had one good game so far this season. Keyshawn Vaughn is seeing more action than than first expected when he took over the backup role there. The Falcons have a good run defense and have allowed zero running back rushing touchdowns, so it's going to be a tough uh, week for Rashard White, even though I'm going to start him in a couple of weeks because I've got no choice because of bye week situations. Just kind of stick him in there and hope and pray he gets the score. Uh, How about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why?
2: You know, I mentioned I like Moss this week, but it's still hard for me to get excited about JT's return just yet. I don't think he's back to that role yet. First of all, the Browns are just stifling, opposing offenses in the air and on the ground. Last week, the 49ers were the first touchdowns of any kind they've allowed to a running back all year. They've allowed under 12 points per game to the running back in PPR total. That is crazy low. No single running backs rushed for more than 56 yards so far, and a total of only about 65 yards a game allowed. Again, that return-to-normal workload was only about a 50-50 split. They called it a return-to-normal workload. It's only about a 50-50 split, but he had significantly reduced participation on third downs and on the goal line, which is where that bell cow really gets his value. It's just hard to see where he's got room for a high floor or a high ceiling. Again, you're probably starting him in the bye week, but be cautious. And the guy I really don't like this week is Gus Edwards. Um, No teams rushed for 100 yards against Detroit as a team yet this season, and only once in the last 17 games. That's crazy. No single running back has topped 43 yards this year. Only one running back has scored a touchdown of any kind against them in eight, the last eight games. This run defense is for real. Now, it's going to be tested with Lamar and the running backs, but I think with Gus the Buff seeding all the third-down looks and even some goal-line looks to Justice Hill, his low efficiency, low volume, and nonexistent passing game participation just doesn't bode well for a chance of success in a game against this unit. I think you can do better, even in the big bye week.
1: Okay, how about wide receivers? A couple guys you like this week and why? I,
2: I like Puka this week. He finally posted some human numbers, like you had said, for the first time in his career, but he could have stayed super hot, but for an inch here and there. He had consecutive end zone targets, one of which he kind of bobbled on a dive, and one of them was just thrown a little high where he was open. Uh, still, with cutback, he's commanded a target share over 30% in two games, and this offense, like we had talked about earlier, seems likely to continue to be very pass-heavy with the, with the running backs ruled out. Um, this week, that Steelers pass defense has been rocked in the passing game, especially by the wide receiver. They've allowed two double-digit PPR scores in the same game in three of their five games. They've also played a lot of zone coverage, which is what Puka chews up better than most guys. Um, and then I like Rashi Rice this year, another, another you know double rookies on my clicks. Um, I built him up last week as a guy that was a click going forward. So I'm sticking with them in this matchup for sure. They The Chargers have allowed 11 wide receivers to top double digits already. Uh, and the fact that they're going to be on the road in a slightly shorter week, they'll be playing back-to-back primetime games, I think that's going to wear on them a little bit. Um, Bryce is been the only consistently good wide receiver fantasy play on this offense. He's paced the KC wide receivers in five of six games. So getting the Mahomes leading wide receiver is a big deal. I think this week should continue to be big for him.
1: Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, Christian Watson uh, coming off that bye. Had a couple of big pass uh, catches, uh, Well, one a real big one uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he gets the Broncos this week. I think he's going to catch a big one here and uh, score in this game. So you got him. You're going to start him, and I think he's going to help you out for your fantasy team. Also, Tyler Lockett with Seattle. Here we go, Seattle again against the Cardinals. I think he's going to stay hot. Uh, catch uh, more passes than normal in this game, and I'm uh, probably score. So you're going to start him, and uh, hopefully he's going to produce for you. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week: Michael Pittman. Yep, the Browns won't allow much. Uh, you know, he'll he'll catch a few passes here and there, and all. Uh, but uh, like you said, Gardner mentions movement, Dinkin and Duncan, and uh, that's not going to play into the Michael Pittman's game. So uh, just to be careful there. Lower your expectations, I guess that's the right thing to say. And also with Calvin Ridley, caution play versus the Saints. Uh, Marcus Lattimore, yeah, okay. You're going to start Ridley. Just hope and pray that he gets into the end zone here in this game. Otherwise, it could be a lower point total than normal for Calvin Ridley. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why.
2: Well, Devontae Parker, what's to be crazy about? He might be a perma flick for now as much as the matchup issue. We keep waiting for Parker and the Patriots' offense to snap out of their funk. Maybe it's time we stop putting him in our starting lineup while we're waiting. Um, Parker's not sniffed the end zone all year. Over the last four weeks, he is the wide receiver number 99 in PPR systems. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Until Mac Jones gets better or, or this guy gets out of New England, this is a guy that should not be rostered Left of all started, even with so many people out of play this week. And then uh, Jerry Judy, you know, I'm not going to go with the just a guy comment. I think he's better than that. And there was a lot of hype surrounding him in the Sean Payton offense, the offseason, but none of it's come to fruition. He's sitting at around wide receiver 60 in PPR so far. He has only 20 catches through six games. Even worse, he has just nary a thought of a touchdown at only two of Russell Wilson's 28 red zone targets. Despite all this, his skill set still gets him usually top coverage from opposing corners, which means he's going to see a lot of Jair Alexander this week in a game with a probable low passing volume and a low overall score. Seems like another good week to bench Judy unless you were pretty desperate.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there because uh, last year, last week we were all concerned about Cortland Sun and he's the guy that ended up making a fantastic catch and scoring while Judy had, what, three catches, 14 yards? Yeah, that was ugly. How about tight end? A couple of tight ends you'd like and why.
2: Uh, I love Mark Andrews this week. I mean, he's an auto start anyway, but about the only thing the Lions have not done well on defense is defend the tight end. They've allowed the fifth-most PPR points despite not playing a decent tight end yet or even many average passing offenses. With their ability to stop the run and, their, and the erratic wide receiver play in Baltimore, plus Detroit's ability to get after the quarterback, I suspect this is going to be a big Lamar to Andrews game, and it's going to push Andrews toward the top tight end slot overall this week. Again, he's a must-play, but I think he is a guy that might even be worth paying up for in DFS, for example. And I love Darren Waller this week. He's shown some signs of life recently, despite the change at quarterback even, and some underperforming offensive outings by the G-men as a whole. Uh, but he's still amongst the most targeted tight ends, especially in the red zone. And I think that regression to the mean is sure to take place eventually. He's going to get, get paid dirt soon. With the commanders having allowed three tight end touchdowns the last two weeks and teams now having to respect the run game with Saquon back under center or behind the center, Uh, This is going to look like a good spot for Waller to find some room to roam, especially in the near red zone.
1: Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Luke Musgrave coming off that bye. Uh, should be uh, healthy coming off that concussion, too. Uh, the uh, Broncos struggle against the tight end, so if you need a uh, pickup uh, for a tight end, uh, Luke Musgrave's a guy for you to seriously consider. Jonu Smith, wow, uh, very consistent. <laughs> He's been catching three to five passes every week, 50, 60 yards or so, and he got a first score last week as a Falcon. So if you need him, roll with him against the Bucks this week couple guys i'm uh, cons- more than concerned about Hunter Henry oh, I know he's dinged up uh they're playing the bills um, that 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 offense is you put Hunter Henry in there with uh, Devonta Parker maybe the witness protection program and get him out of, get him out of town. No offense uh for Seattle uh there you go uh one Seattle guy I don't like uh he's starting to slide back into the background uh three man uh <laughs> or was it tight end D.C., my committee, yeah, with Kobe Parkinson and Will Disley. Uh, Noah's going to be lucky to catch a pass or two this week. I sit him. Uh, how about you, Chris, a uh, couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why?
2: I think it's cute you said the Broncos struggle against the tight end. They struggle against NFL opponents. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm going to put Zach Ertz on my flick list. His only real value was his high target share in PPR leagues, but this has dwindled drastically as the season has progressed. He's been losing tight end snaps and targets to McBride. In fact, he was not even the top guy in snaps or targets at tight end on his own team last week. Birch is barely a low-end tight end two the last four weeks, averaging only three catches per game. Now facing a Seahawks team that is only allowing three tight end targets per game already and no tight end touchdowns in eight straight games does look like a way for a declining player to make a dent in your lineup. And then uh, Logan Thomas has got him a little bit worried about this week. He's done well against some bad tight end defending teams averaging 13 points per game against teams in the bottom five in points allowed. But he's averaged only 3.2 points per game against teams against everyone else this year. So he was kind of the same last year, beating up in the weak sisters and struggling against most others. So Washington's kind of shifted to using Curtis Samuel for a lot of the road, routes, normally going to tight ends and running backs as well. He's just not fared well versus the Giants during his 10-year career either, mostly with the Commanders. He has only 16 catches and under six points per game in PPR in six career games. This guy's a low-ceiling, possible low-floor guy this week.
1: Yeah, I tell you, it's interesting. uh, Like you you mentioned, uh, Logan Thomas, uh, I think uh, Jahan Dotson is another guy that's in the witness protection program hiding, I don't know, one target last week. I know it it glanced off his hand. It would have been a big play and all, but one target? Really? I think they asked uh, Ron Rivera after the game, well, what's going on there? And he said, well, you know, we're distributing the football and – Sometimes it goes to him, and eventually he'll get – yeah, right. Okay, I <laughs> I don't think that that qualifies as a squeaky wheel of getting the oil, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I've got Dotson on a couple of teams, and, as well as Logan Thomas. Boy, yeah, you sit him when he has the big game, and then you play him and he catches one pass for two yards. I mean, uh, I want to avoid all Washington <laughs> – commanders, receivers, not named Terry McCorn <laughs> this week. Anyway, let's go to the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense, Chris. Hit me with them.
2: Uh, there's a couple of guys that have posted three double-digit games in the last four weeks, and they're playing against some really good opponents. Graham Gano uh, is playing against Washington. They've allowed the most kicker points per game so far. And Chris Boswell playing against the Rams. They've allowed the most field goal attempts. So I think there's a couple of veterans probably available on your waiver wire that should be in line for to continue to stay hot. And a couple of defenses I like. One is I like Vegas going into Chicago. I mean, uh, backup running back, neither Tice or Bajant or Nathan Peterman under center. Uh, yes, please, I'll take that. <laughs> and then uh, uh, even with the big suspension, which we didn't talk about today, of Grover Stewart, which is going to really impact that run defense. I do like Indianapolis at home against Cleveland. I think with, even with Watson in the lineup, they've given up a lot of sacks and turnovers. So without Watson in the lineup, I think they might be even more. P.J. Walker looked like he was trying to give the ball away a few times last week. Okay,
1: uh, well, thank everyone. uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. Uh, See you all next week when we offer our Week 8 preview. Yes, about midseason. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a uh, physical
0: sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.
1: Good day, sir!